You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blog Talk Radio. Get up in the evening feeling like Craig Thompson. Yeah. Grab my laptop, set up my mic, I'm gonna rant and rave some. Before I record, grab a glass of Coke and Jack. Cause when we begin recording, I know I'm not refilling that. Talking previewing all the games, analyzing stats and plays, laughing, poking fun at names. Jeremy reads and quotes Phil Steelzine, pulling up numbers and reads. Starting to get a bit off topic, see? What? Don't stop, make it hot, yell about the games not. Chris will start a fight about the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't stop, make it hot, yell about the takes not. Chris will start a fight about the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're biased against your team and we make that clear. Don't get paid, don't ever fade, cause we're already here. Talk about hoops and football, cause we got all the swagger. Sometimes guests come on the show, but we never have Mick Jagger. All the writers cramping up. Matt's throwing his arms up. Kyle's got all the funny stuff. We go until SBN shuts us down, or Mountain West hunts us down. Mount West shuts us down, nobody's gonna shut us down. Don't stop, make it hot, yell about the takes not. Chris will start a fight about the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't stop, make it hot, yell about the takes not. Chris will start a fight about the rankings tonight. Mountain West connection and the hot takes don't stop now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, welcome back. It looks like Matt joined us just in time as an old theme song started playing. So, Jeremy Moss, just Matt Kennedy. Make it time. That's why I got that two minute buffer, man. If you go live on Block Talk Radio, they want you within 10 seconds to start your show. Thank goodness for old theme songs. I meant to play the other one, but that's cool. People like it, right? It's a throwback. Mm-hmm. All right, so for those who are tuning in for the first time, if you found us, awesome. Thank you. MWR is our website. We've had a few more Facebook folks head up over there, Mount Rostoir, Twitter, MWCY, where we don't try to start fights. We try to end fights and stupid conversations, and we're back for football. We are back. We took a little yeah, break. You know. You've been busy. Tell people what you've been up to doing football oh, stuff. Um, well, if you're tuning in for the first time, you may not know that I'm I'm in graduate school at the moment for about another month or so. So while Jeremy and Eli have been you know preoccupied with a lot of you know college basketball uh, coverage and rightfully so, you know obviously San Diego State and Nevada had a big march. Um, I was busy finishing up my MFA thesis, so 
that has been basically preoccupying my time. But now that that's out of the way, I only have a couple of big things left to do in the next month. And I have, you know, the time <laughs> once again to jump back into talking about spring football. So where can people find you actually audibly read your thesis? Because it gets, it gets pretty heated at some point. So we talk about Nebraska football. In there. <laughs> so if anybody is interested, you can go to Facebook and just run a search for the Fresno State MFA. And then under their videos section, you should be able to find a live stream. And I forget exactly what time mine starts. But I'm the first reader, so if you would like to hear me read an essay from when I went to Nebraska back in 2016, you're more than welcome to do that. I believe you're like three minutes in after some short introductions, if I recall. Yeah. So, yeah, that, yeah check out that's what you've been working on. So um, let me ask you a serious question, Matt. Mm-hmm. You know it's like to be serious when I start off like that, right? Yes. How famous are you now since you look like a certain actor at the moment who's in a popular movie? Wait, 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 wait. Which, which popular actor? This is the first I've heard about this. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, maybe the actor itself is not popular, but well-known at the moment. Have you seen Ready Player One? Um, I have not seen Ready Player One because I read the book. The book is trash, but continue. Oh, okay. Have you seen who the main character is? <laughs> I have. I, I feel you have a somewhat of a resemblance to that person. Is that fair to say? Or my, you can tell to me to shut up and I'm stupid. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate the compliment on my dashing good looks. Of course, exactly. Because <laughs> so I showed my wife. Like, first time heard about that. First time, really? See, maybe what we got to do is you know put up a picture, like side by side pictures on Twitter or something, and let folks decide for themselves. Okay, I, I think that's is that uh, is that uh, somewhat you resemble a little bit. You got glasses, similar hair, face a little bit. Is that do you think that's? Have you even do you even know who the guy is? Have you seen enough of it to know? Yeah, I mean, I know who Ty Sheridan is. Okay, I felt like a my wife's like that guy looks so familiar. I'm like, you mean like this guy? So I pulled up whatever Twitter or Instagram photo I saw of you lately. Like, oh yeah, it looks familiar. So just wondering if people say hi, say hey, you're in that movie, right? <laughs> or do you have a yeah, side story you're not telling us about? <laughs> No, I'm the better looking one, though. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> uh, my wife read the book. I saw, saw the movie. I've seen it twice so far. It's, uh, you didn't like it at all? No, the book is not good. What did you not? Okay, I, this is movie chat here. We'll get to football later. But what's your um? Was re, I, I haven't heard the book or read the book. I have an audio book. I was gonna listen, but I decided not to. Just uh, what's your? Give us your quick take from an older book that that you don't like. What's the uh? Reasoning behind, it, I guess I don't know. I just saw the movie, so I have no clue what the book is about because I know there are some changes. It's just like really simplistic writing. Like there's a lot of listing that goes on that doesn't really serve any purpose other than to just like you know demonstrate how much the the protagonist actually knows. And you know this the you kind of the supporting cast, I guess you could say they kind of they are. You know, they aren't fully realized characters per se. They like with everything they kind of say and do only exists to kind of help the main character along. So it's just like really derivative stuff. Like it's like, I don't know how people out there feel about the Da Vinci code. Like, have you read the Da Vinci code? I know. I've always seen the movies. I honestly, I don't read a ton of books. So. Well, the Da Vinci code is the worst book I've ever read. <laughs> but this is, but this is like a, this is like a really close second. Let's just put it that way. 
Okay. All right. We got fake Matt Mummy says get the football. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's time for to get the football. Let's do it. <laughs> so I said, she's chiming in. Should we go for Nevada football a little bit? What they've been up to for spring a little bit? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So Nevada, who, if you heard one of our prior shows, is my extreme, well, I'm not sure. I'll say our stupid upset pick to win a conference title. And if you've read, we'll get to these later, but Bill C. wrote his articles and the machine, who that is, who writes a million words per day. His numbers don't like Nevada very much. However, I'm a fan of Nevada. I like what they can do. But uh, the, I guess the biggest thing, they're still in the midst of spring football. you got Malik Reed, who's, um, mm-hmm. despite being a two-time all-conference defensive end, let's move in positions, because why not? Well, I mean, I think that when you consider kind of the rough start that the Wolfpack defense got off to last year, that, you know, any kind of, you know, innovative, maybe forward-thinking kinds of things you can do to try to make that offense better is, you know, worth a shot, I think. And when you consider just how productive Malik Reed has been, you know, not only in, in his first year in the three, three, five, you know, back in 2017, but also in, you know, I believe it was, they were running a three, four back in uh, Brian Pullian's last year. So, I mean, I don't think there's any questioning, you know, his, his talent, his work ethic, you know, his ability to produce on the field. So to me, moving him to linebacker, seems like the kind of thing that's worth a shot. I think he has the size. I think he has the speed in order to make an impact at that position. Well, and it makes sense too. Like his, if he's going to play in the NFL, he's not going to be a, a defensive lineman. He's only 250 pounds. Yeah. And so that, that's part of it too. Like if you can be that good at that size on the defensive line, where you typically hand on the ground for probably a lot of the times when you're at that position, unless you're the end where he would do occasionally, but moving linebacker, he's quick enough. He can guard a tight end out of the backfield. He can guard a running back if he needs to. And he's probably uh, can sort of not hide him, but disguise what he's going to do because he rushed the passer a lot. And here's the thing too. You, there's a reason their defensive line or defensive rushing attack on defense was not very good. Not saying it's his, like his fault, but they want to be bigger. They say they want to be physical. They want more size up front. Cause he did have what 13 sacks last year or something like that. I believe 20 TFLs, mm-hmm. but, but if you stick a guy who's 275, 280, 290 may not, be as gifted as Malik Reed because not as many people are, that just takes up more space. And so if he can, whoever they replace him with, a larger guy, maybe whatever it may be, just have the beef up front to push the offensive lineman around, and that'll help him do something else. Getting 13 sacks from a defensive line position is pretty remarkable. That usually doesn't happen. So I'm not saying he's going to have 15 or 20 sacks for the season when he comes up because elite as it is, 13 is really good, the TFLs as well. But if he's in the back a little bit, he can do more things than having to be going up against imagine this he's 250 which is a pretty big guy going up against the offensive lineman who's maybe 6'4 6'6 who could be anywhere from 280 to 330 pounds that takes a lot mm-hmm. of toll on you to push around and so if he can just get a running head start he'd blow past all those guys so for them wanting to be more physical it, it makes a lot of sense there's a sort of a unique i guess they're doing two things here get him ready for the nfl because he's not gonna play a lineman he'll play linebacker and if they can find a guy who can Maybe not – odds are not going to find a guy to replicate his stats in that position, but you get a bigger guy who can eat up space and allow him to make even more plays, which is hard to believe with, what, seven um, forced fumbles? It's uh, They need to do anything to make this defense better because if they're going to contend, which we'll see, their offense can, defense – it's like what we said for New Mexico forever. If they could be about average, they'd be a really, really good team. Yeah, and I mean – you know, just by way of comparison, I know it's it's not necessarily a one-to-one comparison because, you know, 
what they were able to do last year individually were, you know, totally different kinds of contributions to their teams. But, you know, Reed physically is very similar to Fresno State's Jeffrey Allison. And, you know, if you watched any Bulldogs games last year, you saw him be kind of a physical presence in the middle of the defense. Granted, you know, he's operating in the middle of a 4-3 rather than attacking from, uh, you know, from a 3-3-5. But, you know, I think that, you know, physically, you know, there are linebackers in this league who, you know, know how to make an impact with that kind of size, especially with the, with the weight that they have at linebacker. So, you know, that to me is why I think that, you know, even if he's not putting on his hand, his hand in the turf every down, you know, the three three five is an attacking defense. So he's still going to have plenty of opportunity to disrupt, you know, maybe not necessarily from the same place all the time, which, you know, if they can find one or two more playmakers to step up and, and generate a pass rush, you know, maybe that works out better for him in the long run. Well, that's what Jeff Castile says there. They're DC. It'll be easier to use him as a blitzer at that position. He's basically mm-hmm. makes a little joke like, hopefully I don't screw him up because he, that's what he does naturally. So it is learning a new position, but it's not like he's played nose tackle. He was already playing on the outside a little bit on the defensive mm-hmm. line. So it's basically he sees the field a little bit differently, a few more responsibilities. Cause like I said, he might have to. Plus the weird thing, not the weird thing, but the Mountain West says, look at all the different offenses. Colorado State runs more of a traditional pro style. Boise pro style, a little bit of spread shot, good more off the curve, more like a New England a little bit. If you watch them play in the NFL. Love New Mexico mm-hmm. with their triple option attack. San Diego State more pro style, more running than throwing compared to CSU. Well, maybe last year, but there's a lot of different offenses you'll see every single week. Which Air Force is another good example. Hawaii, we're going to the good old run and shoot. It's gonna be, it's gonna, it's just gonna be difficult for any guy to change a position. But if all he's asked to do is basically do what he did last year, but have a running start, I think that's fine because if you're playing new defense three three five, he's gonna play the edge. It's, Besides having hands to the ground, it's not too much of a difference. Besides, maybe are they going to send out Jawan Washington for a pass occasionally? You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he's already kind of doing that anyway. So if there's a screen pass, he's already attacking as it is. So it'll be a good thing. It just depends who will replace him. And they're about halfway through spring. The only other thing I meant, want to mention about them is that they're wanting to be, it kind of go, goes in line, be more physical because they lost like um, those games last year, like 45 42 CSU, lost a lot of close games late in the year. Be more physical, especially like the defensive front. Like they can stop anybody running the ball. It's tough though when you're going up against what San Diego State has. Um, St. Juice to Hawaii, uh, Fresno has decent running backs. Have a couple guys back. I think everybody back this year. So I'm I'm stalling as I'm going through ten questions. The Reno Gazette wants me to answer. So that's why I'm kind of stalling here to get to what I'm reading through. <laughs> well, and I never let me let me, let me save you then for a second. Let me save you then for a second. Because Thank to you. me, what I think is going to be really interesting about that move, you know, one, as Chris Murray notes, you know, they're losing a couple of starters at linebacker, mm-hmm. including Austin Paulus, who was pretty productive last year. So, you know, you're solving one problem that way, but it also makes, you know, the guys coming up into the two deep, you know, really intriguing. You know, if you look at Bill Connolly's preview, for instance, and we'll go more into depth as we get into team previews later in the summer, but, you know, they've got five guys listed who can, you know, they're listed at over 300 pounds. So, you know, they've got those guys to be a part of that kind of interior rotation. And, you know, they do have, you know, a guy like Corey Rush coming back who was pretty good in his own right last year. He also had, a, you know, two and a half sacks. And I believe he had, you know, nine tackles for loss himself. So, you know, between Rush and you know, one of the other defensive ends, maybe someone like Cameron Toomer, for instance, who's a sophomore, you know, three-star guy. 
it's similar kind of, you know, maybe a little taller and about as, 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 as heavy as Reed himself is. So I think that in the long run, you know, they'll have the pieces, I think, to maybe make this work, to, to make it at least seem a, less like a gamble. And it'll be interesting to see what it looks like when it actually comes to the spring game, because they haven't had theirs yet. Okay, and one last thing real quick with what Castile say. And I guess Norvell and Castile, they're a lot of young guys, like you mentioned. So changing positions, you want competition to see where, hey, if you're a, like, I guess go back to Malik Reed, you're kind of a smaller size for position X, you'll maybe try out two positions to see what fits better. They just want to make the best team because offense, they're going to be okay. I, I, I'm pro- I'm overly confident with them, and we'll chat about all this stuff later again. Like I said, those, those summer previews are here. I was looking at our schedule, Matt, kind of what we should be doing next month or two. They'll be here sooner than you think. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm ready for them. So am I. Technically, today is technically tax day because it's April 15th, actually a couple days away, but we're close. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's enough for Nevada right now. They'll have their spring game, I think, in a week or so. Most of these schools are getting close to them. Let's move on to – let's just go to Boise State because they had their um, – spring game on Saturday and these headlines are here's one thing too don't get too invested with spring game results folks you kind of want to know what really matters and what doesn't matter and typically a lot of it doesn't really matter I'm going to say I'm sorry but that's the case like I had the radio on yesterday around town and oh University of Utah there's spring game on listening to those guys um like no it's come on it's 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 fun. It's it's kind of fun to hang out when there's football. Like you were there, it was probably more fun to hang out the Fresno game, just kind of see what's going on, kind of a quasi football experience on a nice Saturday weather day. But what actually goes on, it it depends. You got to know what you're looking for. And so, like these headlines from like Idaho Press or Idaho State, have been starters shine as spring game as spring ends with impressive spring game. First off, don't okay. you spring twice in your headline there? That's my first clip. Well, well, here's, about that. Here, here's the flip side to that, right? Because you know if and and I'm. I don't think that every team keeps track of, of statistics from the spring game. I know that Boise State did. And so you see something like, you know, Brett Rippon, 15 of 19 for 267 yards and I think like three touchdowns. And, you know, Chase Cord, who's, you know, I think at this point slated to be the backup, 7 of 10, you know, for 167 yards, something like that. And, and, you, and you look at that on the one hand, you're like, wow, yeah, that's really, you know, that's awesome production for a spring game. But then, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, you know, take, if you're not taking those results without a grain of salt, then you're almost wondering, oh my God, what happened to the defense? Like, is it going to be as good as last year, even though they're bringing almost literally everybody back? And so to me, while yes, I would be encouraged by the fact that Brett Rippon, you know, at least for, you know, a scrimmage seems to be back. And I think that if you are, you know, going into the fall, you know, he's unquestionably your guy. And, you know, he's having kind of his final spring performance to prove that point. You know, that I think it's a good sign. But, you know, if the offense is moving back and forth against this defense, I don't necessarily think that that rings any alarms for that defense. I think they're still going to have a lot of talent coming back. And, you know, the fact that the offense was able to be so productive isn't, you know, a harbinger of things to come, if that makes sense. I will say this. No, you're, you're right. But also, if you get, get to read everything, it was the first team offense versus second team defense, second team offense versus first team defense. So, oh, okay. So, because here's in line two in the uh, Idaho Statesman, first team offense and defense combined for a dominant 42 to 7 victory. So basically, gotcha. the starter versus backup. So, but here, here a couple things that are nice to take away. Like you said Rippin 
being accurate is a good thing. Even I don't care who you're playing against. He was not super accurate last year. I still don't like the Montel Cozart switching around with him at quarterback. I thought that was a mess. And three touchdowns and five possessions. It's, you're moving the ball well. It's fine. Had he gone, I think there's more concern if they played poorly than well against the backups. So, like, those numbers, it's nice. He was accurate, had a couple touchdowns. They moved the ball. Don't really care about what plays they run. It's kind of how they run and who's in or not in. But a couple of things I did notice, like, they need to replace Cedric Wilson, who's gone. I think it's going to be A.J. Richardson to clear number one coming next year. They lose Jake Rowe, who did a few interesting things being a quarterback or the Wildcats, whatever you want to call it. But Alexander Madison didn't play. Not a big deal. Still had that nasty injury from last year where he had to have surgery recover. But there's guys like Octavius Evans, who they want to step up, see what he can play. Like, seeing guys who come in and play rather than guys not playing. Because if your starters aren't playing too much, it's like, it's not a huge deal, even if they're injured or not. So they had most of the starters in there. Like I said, Richardson had a couple of TDs, fine. They had um, defense, did fine. Which, like I said, the offense, or excuse me, number one defense, like Jabril Fraser is going to be the star of the defense, essentially. So, well, I guess what I want to see from what I did see, nobody got hurt. Guys who were hurt didn't play. And guys who did play did what they're supposed to do. That's what you typically want to see in spring game. Don't worry about if they're doing, oh, why are they running the drop play every time? Or why are they running the zone reads? Like, who cares? I want to see, like, because it's hard to make it a game situation. If you have court in there, backup doing, say, a goal-to-go situation, you want to see what he can do, or one-minute offense. Stuff like that. It's like, okay, here's a situation. We're trying to make it a real-life situation to fight him, not able to get tackled or be hit with the green or whatever color jersey to not get hit. It's kind of hard to put pressure, but when you see, you just want to see situational stuff. It's like, who cares if they're running the Hail Mary five times or they're just doing it because it's a glorified practice. But I think it's like, it'd be excited for Boise State fans. They're going to be good. They returned everybody back. This just kind of proved that, okay, the offense, the first team offense, the first team defense didn't do anything kind of dumb or like nothing inaccurate. Like what, basically like they put up the numbers you expect to put up. So had, had Rippon gone nine of 12 for like a hundred yards and touchdown, that wouldn't have concerned me either. It would have concerned me had he gone like four fifteen. I mean, to me, one of the things that you mentioned is kind of the thing that I'm I'm looking forward to following, you know, as the team moves into the fall, and that is the wide receivers because, you know, if you paid attention to, you know, the last few weeks of last season, you saw A.J. Richardson really start to step up, even as productive as Cedric Wilson was. And so to see him come away with 117 yards on just four catches, to me, like, if you're a Boise State fan, that's exciting. And, you know, I feel like... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having kind of these first inklings that, you know, if Boise State's going to have a guy to have a really big year, like, you know, Cedric Wilson and like Thomas Spurbeck before him, I'm starting to think Richardson's going to be that guy. Also the fact that because they were able to spread the ball around so much, you know, Octavius Evans, another guy you mentioned also went over a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, I think that, you know, the kids are going to be all right, if that makes sense. For sure. And so, and, you know, if you're yeah. if you're looking for a return to that kind of you know pass first offense, complemented by a, a really good running game, that you know this team at least for one day, even if the results don't necessarily matter, you know they definitely looked that part. They did because, like you said, Robert Hone will have another year running the ball where he they they had issues last year with injuries at running back, so he was hit or miss, but he'll have another year. Madison, who didn't play, will be fine. Cord, the QB, who knows they'll stick him in every now and then because he did. Okay, 56 rushing yards, but on five attempts. If you're a quarterback running around, it's a bit different in the spring game, but he's a mobile enough QB. So they did every, they did what they're supposed to do. They didn't play anything, do anything dumb, didn't have any embarrassments. And so it's, they did fine. But 
And part of it, too, which is a little interesting, this is all what this game does is basically 95% of the starting unit on both sides are set up. This is basically on the second team offensive defense. Who's going to balance, not balance, but challenge for a backup spot. That's what this game's sort of about. It's like your position isn't won or lost, but yeah. if you're a third or fourth string guy, you get a chance to get in there and play and like, okay, here's some actual live stuff they do in practice, but as most as you can for game situation, this is for any team as well. If the starters are set, that second, third, and fourth guy, especially if you're playing a deep position like wide receiver, defensive back, linebacker, offensive line, or a lot of positions where there's five to six, five guys at a time, yeah, you yeah. want to get in that rotation. And so that's kind of where you want to look for. And it's, they did fine. They, the highlights are out there. Oh, the starters are great. And like in our preseason top 25 stuff or whatever, Boise should be ranked pretty high. And so that's, yeah, they I mean, proved what they did. So. Alternatively, you know, if if you're Brian Harsin, maybe you said something along the lines of, you know, even if we're playing against our backups on both sides of the ball, you know, go play like the best team in the Mountain West. And, you know, I think by, you know, everything that you've read, everything that we've seen, the highlights and things like that, they did. And so that's to me, it's like, you know, Boise State is the best team in the conference until further notice. And I think that. So? Not, not, well, I guess since they won last year, they have to be. Yeah. One of those things. Okay. No, that makes sense. All right. Let's go to um, let's go to Utah State. They had their spring game about a week or so ago. Our guy Logan Jones is up there doing a few things for us, talking about the Aggie game up there in Logan. So a couple of things. They kind of they didn't do a full on scrimmage, and this one will be kind of quick because what they did seven on seven drills, one on one drills. Um, apparently, Craig Smith, new basketball coach, was there, kicked a field goal. Not so good. Punt? He's apparently good at catching the punts. So, it's somebody's <laughs> like our fans. So, like, you're at the Fresno game, they had a fan stuff going on, too. But it's, it depends. Sometimes it's a practice. Like, I've covered a couple spring games. Where I did stuff covering BYU football. When they're strictly a practice, I get bored out of my mind. People want to see 11-on-11, 11 even 7-on-7, seven 7, because that could have some excitement, because it's just pass, 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 and typically you're going to be on target. And it's – they did a fine thing. Like, we're, we already know the star guys. Like, we're in Quaven, Tarver – Dax Raymond need to get the ball to the outside wide receiver. They're going to stick with, I guess the biggest thing, which was an issue last year for me, was uh, Jordan Love is finally like the guy at quarterback because there's nobody else to challenge him at all. Yeah. And that's a really good thing. And one thing I was listening, I was listening to um, Bill C. I don't know if you listen to their um, the podcast, They Play Nobody. I've been, I, I haven't had time a chance yet. There's a past two. If you go listen to those, they talk about Mountain West for part of it. But he mm-hmm. mentioned like Utah State, like, because Matt Wells, he kept the job, obviously, where he's sort of on the hot seat. I wish I had the exact number, but I think we mentioned the one possession losses two years ago. Yeah. Out of the last 12 games, 11 of those have been one possession lost or less. And so at some point, like this is, we'll go into our big preview later, but I want to bring it up because I remembered it now. We define those situations. Like why are we losing to New Mexico by X amount of points or to Wyoming by five points or this team by eight points or Air Force? I know controversial ending last thing of last year or no, two years ago. But like, or they lost the Air Force last year, or they had end of the game, they lost a couple points. At one point, it's going to be a coachy thing because it, there's uh, there's unlucky, and then there's just bad coaches and crucial situations. And so that's yeah. what I want to see them get done. And so that's something we'll touch on later. But I think having a quarterback in place, Ron Tavian Quarver back as another, obviously, a big time receiver. They have like senior offensive linemen, like, well, at least three on the offensive line, I believe. Um, six starters are back on offense overall. And, like, even Jordan Nathan, too, he'll do as a starting wide receiver this year. But, no, actually, they returned all five of their offensive linemen, which is huge because how much have we crapped on their running game, Matt, the past couple of years? I mean, a little bit, <laughs> if only because it's been a little bit up and down. 
And so you're too you know, nice. Seeing, nice to people. Well, and but I think that you could say the same thing about the offense as a whole. That last year, mm-hmm. especially, it seemed like they were you know very explosive against you know you know shaky defenses, but you know outclassed against good to great ones. So. You know, it's interesting to me that, you know, if you look at the transcript of Matt Wells' own comments that, you know, he's, he's you know, taking the time to single out at least a couple of the running backs, Morian Walker and Trey Miller. And then, you know, they also have Gerald Bright, who I thought was a really interesting playmaker for the Aggies last year. Apparently, he's also a full-time running back now. So, you know, that's a trio right there where, you know, if Utah State can get at least a, just a little bit more production out of their running game, you know, we knew what they kind of wanted to do last year. They wanted to be up-tempo. They wanted to be able to spread the ball around to their receivers. But, you know, those three guys, if if they have kind of the inside track to, you know, maybe establishing a running back rotation in the fall, you know, those guys could be the kind of the most pivotal performers on that offense. They could be the ones that ultimately make it go. And maybe they'll give El Toro out one last chance to be the guy at some point. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, I guess a couple of things with this David, the new OC from last year, year two of the offense. Because oh, they, they improved a little bit late in the year, but I want to see what he does with this new offense. Not new offense, but newish offense year two. But defense typically will be fine. But let me ask you this in terms of spring. Um, is Matt Wells again going to be a coach where we have to keep watching if he's going to keep his job or not for the year after for 2018 and beyond? I don't think so because I think that he did himself a huge favor one by getting back to a bowl game, but also just, you know, being able to beat up on, on lesser teams in the conference. Like if you remember last year's um, I believe it was the UNLV game where, you know, they were a little bit shaky in the first half of that game, but then, you know, came out and basically blew the doors off the rebels in the second half. So, you know, it, it wasn't obviously perfect. I don't think any team is sat necessarily satisfied with six and six. But, you know, I think they put themselves in a position where they have enough experience coming back on both sides of the ball. And, you know, it, Matt Wells, if he was on the hot seat last, you know, this time last year, I don't think that that's necessarily the case anymore. I think that there are at least a couple of stretches in the schedule, which, again, we'll get to later in our team previews. You know, there are teams that we didn't think would be down going into 2018 that are. And, you know, Utah State's kind of on the other side where all of a sudden, you know, they're a team that has a little bit of momentum on their side. I think you're you're correctly – I can't say the word. You're accurate in that. Sorry, I tried to think of the right word for a minute. Because, like, the LV game, they need to be, like, consistent. Like, we're down in a couple games where they come back and everybody showed up. Like, they don't have Jalen just to bail them out for, like, pick sixes, like the BYU game. But to be more consistent, because we've seen, like, you know, they went back. I might have their outside Howard lost a bowl game, which they should have too. But I think they can't be behind by us and come back or be a lot and give it up. I mean, that's the to be more consistent. And, uh, like, that's why I see it be more consistent, because they're joking, like, uh, because you know who's back at the University of Utah has, like, assistant to be some random coach. Very mm-hmm. So, if Miles has issues, hey, just go back to being Curry to come back to be a coach again. But I, yeah. I'm not saying that's the case, but I think Wells could be on the – if he has a – I guess I, I still think it's a gamer for him to be back in the future. Because I think they're with who they're going to be back, 
to build a quarterback. They need to find a running back in DK. So I don't think that's but if they like eight, I'd be sure this happens. I think maybe you could make the argument there's a little pressure on him to take another step forward because especially in the mountain division, you know, obviously Boise State's kinda of out in front of everybody else. But all of a sudden, you know, Colorado State looks a little bit vulnerable. Wyoming, we know, has a great defense, but the offense has more than a few question marks. And then, you know, New Mexico is kind of reloading. Um, Air Force, you know, kind of the big mystery on both sides. Of the yeah. And so, you know, I think there might be pressure on, on him to maybe, you know, improve from six to seven or eight wins or something like that. I, but I think that, you know, as long as he doesn't tumble backwards down to three wins again or something like that, I think that he's kind of earned himself a lot of benefit of the doubt. All right, so let's uh, go to next year. Sorry, what did you say? Colorado State, right? The Rams. Let's do it. So, big two missing spring, Colin Hill, uh, out for, I'm going to say the whole year, because torn ACL, that's tough, right? That's a bummer. Twice torn ACL, and so that's why they went out to get um, is it is it oh, shoot KJ Carter who KJ Carter Samuels yeah. So they brought him in. He was going to go to Washington, but I guess that changed for whatever reason. Or it was, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like their biggest concern. Like if you, they had, but they'll have um. That's just the biggest thing because the how the running game's back, like the game will be fine. Um, with uh, Marvin Marvin Kinsey's uh, mm. yeah, yeah, am I correct on that roster change? I believe so. Yes. We'll go. There's a lot of trying to pull up here, but QB issues, big things. Quarterback. That's got to be like the biggest turn of all, right? Because everyone else. Because it's QB or bust. You quarterback. And that's the reason. Because for me, bringing in a grad transfer, you know, typically, you just in time, grad transfer is still work well. But uh, I don't know. But if you're if you're bringing him in, it's a sign to me that he'll play the next Yeah, and it's interesting because I guess the guys, obviously Carter Samuels, I think he's not going to be able to practice until the summer or something like that. Now. Um, yeah. And so it's interesting that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this report from my, my Mike Brohart over at the Loveland Reporter Herald, and he's talking about how, you know, the guys who are in camp right now, J.C. Robles, Justice McCoy, Judd Erickson, they've all been, you know, a little bit uneven so far, which is, you know, maybe a little bit concerning <laughs> because, um, yeah, I would think that you would want someone, especially someone like Robles, for instance, who's been in the offense for a couple of years to, you know, maybe do a little something more with the opportunity that's been presented to him. But, you know, the way that you know, Brohard describes a recent practice is that he's had a couple of, um, you know, he's had some problems. The quote that I'm, I'm bringing right here, having a hard time taking it from the room to the field, which I think is kind of interesting in that, you know, the true freshman McCoy is actually the one who's been the most consistent with the first team offense so far. And, to me, that's intriguing because it's not as though Mike Bobo hasn't gone with a true freshman before. You know, he did the same thing with Colin Hill. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, if 
it's a true freshman that leads this competition by the end of the you know spring practice period. You know, how is that going to look? You know, if the competition comes down to someone like that versus a graduate transfer like Carter Samuels. You know, when you get to the fall, who do you give more reps to at that point? Because, you know, Carter Samuels may only be around for a year or two. You know, McCoy, one year. Actually, one year? Yeah. Yeah. So, so then all of a sudden he's kind of facing the same situation that he had, you know, a couple of years ago when it was Nick Stevens and Phaeton Bauta. And that, you know, switch, you know, the, the quick hook that he had kind of blew up in his face for, you know, the non-conference period a couple of years ago. To me, you know, if McCoy is able to keep up his performance, that is what makes this competition, the, you know, possibly at its most intriguing. Sure. Okay. Um, it, it'll we'll see. I'll go, here's the thing: if they had Hill and quarterback, like I said it before, I got for like, why did Colin Hill get to start over Nick Stevens? If who's a better quarterback? I'm like, we've all seen Condell's probably get eventually. Well, like last year, that's the reason he was starter, and then the reason Stevens came back. Hill was still recovery, but also he was a better quarterback. Never just mm-hmm. arguments like that. But like it's like them like, well, why did he start last year? I'm like, well, at the time, they don't like look. It's like we got to look at other things and situations. So, there's still a little bit of hope that Colin Hill could be back next year to play. I just don't see it because it's back sooner than later. Like he ended it was it late February, I want to say. If you're, you're going to be out at least eight months minimum, so that's March, April, May, June, July, August. It's like he's going to be out the first half of the season next year. I'm not registered him just because I don't know, but it's if they had him in play, it's like yeah they lose a lot like Dawkins, also lose other guys. Kevin, a quarterback in place is great. That would solve a lot of problems, and they have a solid guard body that they'd love. So having a new quarterback, true freshman, or even like Carter Samuels can't do anything until summer. It's like him and take the job or is it almost on equal foot. Less for Samuels, but uh, um, maybe almost the same because he's had D1 experience, true freshman or whatever coming into play because it's spring. Here's the headline that spring that I hate the most. We're probably guilty of it as well. You ready for this one, Matt? With, uh, yeah. Here it is. Is Tennessee transfer Preston Williams the next Michael Gallup? Well, is he? I mean, <laughs> I no, mean you I could have said, that. You could have said the same thing about Michael fun. Gallup being the next Rashard Higgins, and I don't think anybody would have, you know, batted an eye too much about it. But his program for at least a year before this hype is going out there. I just, it's just one of those sensational headlines. It's like, I get over to see the like, let me see him play. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I did, like, for the your defense probably it whatever it's, it gets a bad defense as well. Not even just your own defense, but a bad defense. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to be probably the one for sure. But is he going to be a Blitnikoff finalist and potential second round NFL draft pick? That's for never mind a snap bit on your new. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that comparison holds up if the quarterback you know, situation doesn't resolve itself quickly. Also, another thing to note on, he's been arrested twice from Fort Collins police. Hmm. Yeah, that's not good. Just say it. 
I'm not to bring up the bad stuff and just be downer on here, but I'm just like, relax. Whatever, I don't remember what, but looks like he's good to go with um, he's Bobo's confident the guy, but it's like these headlines. It's like don't people to read articles and stuff, which is great. We want to do that as well, but make sure you read the whole thing. Don't just do. It's like I post somebody like a little window slit and it showed um like just a box like a take home box mm-hmm. don't be that for your headline that's what headlines are doing make sure you read the whole thing don't just oh the case but it's just one of the funny things like they put everything in the headline to get you there and then you open it up yeah. it's like well greatest thing ever, or the info isn't great or not. They just, it was Kelly Lyle puts good info out there, but especially in this piece, it's just like, just you gotta write something about but just saying like, if this headline is Tennessee transfer Preston Williams, a Ram, the next Rams to start a wide receiver, who cares? Like, he's the next Michael Gallup, who more people know widely about, so mm-hmm. you get my point, people, be careful over the weekend to check them out in person? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part. To Fresno State, you were in a self with Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> well, apparently he showed up asking to, asking to run some plays. Which, you know, considering Ronnie Rivers might be out for most, if not all, of the season... You know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, I don't know if he has any eligibility left. <laughs> well, he's also currently on the Raiders roster. That's true. That would be problematic. <laughs> like, what did you see? Like, kind of a fan fest game. Like, what was your kind of takeaway from what, what? What were you looking to hopefully dig out, get some plays and scrimmage to find out at the game over the weekend? So. You know, we, we talked a lot about how different spring games are set up. And, you know, Fresno State's did, you know, tend more toward kind of like the, you know, festival atmosphere. You know, they had some kind of fan interactions and stuff like that where they had people returning punts and stuff like that. Um, you know, winning prizes, things like that. So to me, it was what I was interested in on one hand was like, you know, how are they answering their most pressing questions at this point? And, you know, one of those questions to me is the defensive line. You know, another one is, you know, who are they going to replace? Uh, who's going to replace Jimmy Camacho at kicker? Um, you know, how is Marcus McMarion progressing with, with an entire off season to learn the offense and be able to run the offense. And on the whole, I think I was encouraged just by, you know, the overall performances. There was a lot of, you know, ones versus ones, but also twos versus twos. And, yeah. And, you know, I would say overall that the defense kind of won the day. You know, the offense, especially the, the first-team offense, was able to kind of get its licks in, moving the ball against the, the first-team defense. There was a, you know, Jameer Jordan had a really tough sideline catch with, uh, you know, tight coverage on him. And then Keyshawn Johnson had kind of a leaping tough catch to, you know, set up a touchdown run. But, you know, overall, the story of the day was defense and, you know, it was because, you know, Jaron Bryant, for instance, in seven-on-seven seven drills, you know, picked off a McMarion pass. 
Um, you know, Tanner Rice on the on the second string defense picked up a Jorge Reina pass uh, against the uh, second team offense. So, you know, I was really encouraged by what I was seeing. You know, the the front four especially got a lot of pressure, especially on the backups. Um, but even McMarion was running probably more often than I think Tedford or anybody else on the coaching staff would have liked. You know, and to me, that's a credit to the new guys up front, you know, guys like Kevin Atkins and Jasad Haynes, who are going to play a bigger role now that, you know, Nathan Madsen and, and Malik Forrester have moved on. So I was really encouraged by that. I was also really encouraged by, you know, what I assume is probably now the front runner to be the team's next kicker, Asa Fuller. Apparently his dad also used to be a kicker. And so it was kind of interesting to see them both <laughs> kick field goals kind of during one of the little downtimes that were scheduled. But, you know, they put him in positions to, you know, make conversions and he didn't really have any hiccups whatsoever. So I was really encouraged by that. And, you know, other than, you know, Ronnie Rivers's injury, which was, you know, first reported by the bark board back in, I believe March or something like that. Losing him obviously is going to hurt, but you know, the running game has so much depth that, you know, even if he red shirts and, and this is the entire year to maintain his eligibility, I don't think, they're going to miss him that much, you know, because obviously what? Josh Hogan is still there. He, he didn't get a lot of reps to me. What was really interesting was seeing kind of the, what I called the next guys up on Twitter and to, and, and those came down to Savion Johnson and Romella Harris. And, you know, Harris to me was the guy, one of the guys who really stood out from the practice. You know, he started seeing a lot of action with the twos and then started rotating in a little bit with the ones and it was he and Johnson who got a lot of work as the offense began moving the ball a little bit more. So, you know, I'm still not expecting, you know, the Bulldogs to have one guy shouldering most of the load on the ground. So, you know, if Rivers isn't a part of that rotation this year, it would not surprise me if Harris or Johnson stepped in and more or less replicated what Rivers was able to do last year. So really quick, what was, I forget the injury. injury. Is he, so he's possibly be out for the whole year. The ACL yeah, there? No, it was a list Frank injury. And oh, so okay. if, yeah. So if you go to our Facebook page, hint, hint, um, <laughs> you can see, you know, I, I put up some video of, of him talking about the injury, kind of explaining that, you know, yeah, he's looking at a six to eight month recovery period. So, you know, right. best case scenario, he's back by the middle of the year. Worst case scenario, he misses the entire year. And I'm assuming they'll probably take as much time as they need to to kind of, you know, rehab over the summer, see how he's progressing during the fall uh, before, you know, September kicks off. But, you know, like I said, even if he's out, I think with the new guys, well, not necessarily new, um, because Johnson was, you know, one of the backups last year. But Harris, who was a transfer from Washington State, didn't play at all last year. You know, he looked very promising to me. And so I think that, you know, the running game is still going to be in good hands, you know, even if they end up having the exact same kind of production they did last year, where it was maybe not necessarily explosive, but it was efficient. It was kind of a power running game. And, you know, that's kind of what they're looking for. All right. So let's move on. Anything else you need to add there? Yeah, I think we pretty much did. Yeah. All right. So we go to Hawaii for a moment. Let's do it. So the Warriors, first off, you have if you don't recall, remember, they have quarterback. Drew Brown is going to Oklahoma State. Yes. Where he might be playing against Boise State in what week two or three of the season. 
possibly. Quarterback competition. <laughs> so they are going. There's about there's one quarterback that just lost recently, but one one of the biggest notes that I found a while recently. But they have a couple of coaches on staff over there. But one big thing is that they're moving to the run and shoot. Basically, this is all we need is the rainbow uniforms week in week out. Correct. I yes, I I will wholeheartedly endorse that. So. Stuff, but they uh new quarterback. There's like three or four now three guys I guess in the mix because one person a walk on just left. Here's the thing. Like here, oh here it is. Passing interest. I love Steve inside the Hawaii World News. He he writes quick articles about the title, or he does. But I mean SEO stuff. But he'll get a million comments on every article he writes. So basically, a couple things. They have guys who run the run and shoot offense. That's what they're going to. They have Morgan who. Exactly his words. A guiding light to to run and shoot quarterbacks. Morrison helped Dan Robinson from a pinata into a bullwinning passer. Quarterback, but he also mentored a couple guys you might have heard of: um, Nick Rolovich, mm-hmm. Timmy Chang, Colt Brennan. Those are a few good quarterbacks of my history. Those are, some, history. those are some run and shoot bona fides for sure. For a time, Timmy Chang. I don't know if he still is, but the all-time NBA passing leader, Brennan. And then their goal of it to this thing, obviously, the head coach at the moment. So he, um, oh, here's who he's probably going to be. They have, um, so he's been around. So if they're going to five wide, they also lose them. Um, Dylan Colley, obviously, are you going to go five wide or whatever they're going to do four wide? Because losing Dyson may say juice also. Wide open passing attack. Yeah, and I mean, I think maybe it works because most of their assets that they have coming back are, I think, the kind of guys who would thrive kind of on the interior of a run and shoot. Like, you know, Ursu obviously when he's healthy is, you know, a dynamic playmaker. But you know, someone like Kamoku Noah, for instance, who was, you know, didn't have, you know, by raw numbers like a huge impact last year. But, you know, over the last five games, he did catch 11 passes. He did have 140 yards. He, so he did start to make an impact, uh, you know, in the slot. So that's, you know, those are two guys right there. You know, to me, the big question is still, you know, can they find at least one guy on the outside? Which, you know, I guess it's more or less the same question I had last time. Because the only, you know, the only guy maybe that really fits the bill at the moment as far as, you know, returning athletes is Marcus Armstrong Brown, you know, big target, six foot three, 200 pounds, you know, how is he going to progress in that offense? Because I think that, you know, obviously having one or two targets who can make moves over the middle is going to be useful, but I do think you're going to need an outside target at some point. Now I'm going through his articles there. They'll, they'll need somebody else. Yes. But it looks like they are maybe zeroing in on a little bit of a from the other day, we did first week, April 12th. It looks like Cole McDonald and slot back Cedric Bird are so that's like you're you basically, if you score, if you catch a pass, you're getting a touchdown. So don't be too excited when it's three straight. And then, of course, it's going to be Paul Scott. So read that. That's good. They have the connection. But if you're catching a pass, the red zone is. I 
season outside. It's like Bird's one of those guys, and they mentioned um, who else they mentioned here? Um, they mentioned there, but I haven't read about who's going to be the starter, but I guess Cole McDonald's going to be the mix. They've had there are what weeks that have been talked a little through. Because of where they're at, they don't have a ton of reporters out there. But if you find Nick Roll, which claimed like every single time, um, they have a walk on at quarterback. Oh, they have three quarterbacks. One walk on, just with he, I'll say, um, doing okay. But I don't know. I guess what without them having the spring game going to stuff, their defense wasn't great last year, but if you're going up against like four or five wide, three wide minimum, and you're in good but they need to have some sort of running game. They have a receiver, go to running back, which is something interesting. They need a new running back. They need to find a new receiver. They have a offense, despite all this nice stuff going on here. Oh, they had a great combination. Three straight touchdown passes. Nine of ten of red zone and be cautiously optimistic because Hawaii kind of fell apart late last year. And so be excited, know the name. If you hear the same name like Cole McDonald every time, okay, you know he's going to be a player on the team, but the result itself, just be cautious. I guess that's what I want to take away. If everybody's doing terrible, I'd obviously be more concerned than everybody going 10 of 10 on red zone pass. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's interesting too. I mean, I think it's interesting too that there's, you know, some reports out there where, you know, the defense, at least in spring ball, has been performing pretty well, um, which, you know, maybe contributes to the fact that the run and shoots, you know, installation has been kind of slow going or tough sledding or whatever you'd want to call it. But I mean, let's not forget that Hawaii does have a lot of talented pieces coming back. Like they do have, you know, a trio of, of linebackers, you know, especially Jelani Tabai and, you know, Solomon Mataoitia, where, you know, those are, you know, that's a pair of really good linebackers who can make an impact. And, you know, to me, you know, if the young guys in the secondary, especially are, you know, kind of passing the tests that the new offense are throwing at them so far, you know, whether it's, you know, kind of a veteran like Rogestaman Ferris or, or one of the new guys like Michael Tolliver or something like that, you know, to me that, that, you know, that could be a promising sign, something to watch as you go forward, you know, and especially once they do have their own spring game, you know, when it's, when it's live, when it, you know, maybe it doesn't count for everything, but it counts for a little something, at least as far as impressions go, mm-hmm. you know, if the defense can stack up, you know, in that kind of situation, you know, they could be a little more interesting than I think we thought they would be. They definitely could be. So long. We went off an hour moment. So we got to hear a little bit. All right. Let's go to let's go to one. I mean, really quick. Obviously, um, that Josh Allen guy is no longer on the program. He's. I we could spend forever on this, but it's going to be starting quarterback competition is the biggest thing. Uh, could be Nick Smith who was number last year. But a couple beyond quarterback issues is defense will be fine. Um, could we say this is probably maybe. The three good defense, maybe four really good defenses with Boise, Aztecs, and Fresno. I mean, I think that there's definitely kind of an upper echelon, and Wyoming is definitely a part of it. Yes. 
So that defense will be fine. I guess it's going to be back to have a lot of camp, which is a big deal when you're trying to work a new new quarterback. Um, and so, like, the running backs coach, Gordy, Gordy Hoggs, like, expect injuries, blah, blah, blah. But like the next man, so stupid, that means absolutely nothing. So who's the next man whenever he's injured? I only got Nico Evans and Mike Green. So is it Mike Green the second, or should it be Mike Green? What's your question? Well, I mean, I know that there are some – I mean, I think it depends on the individual. I know that there's not one way or the other. It, well, no, technically both can be correct. It just kind of depends on what the, the individual's name actually is. Okay, that's one of the, the impression scare, right? I remember that. Yes. Uh, so there's uh, issues we have with running back. Trey Woods, hurt. Killing Overstreet, hurt. Shoulders, mile all. Uh, move to wide receiver. I'm going to butcher this name here, so... Xavier Valade have been sidelined with injuries, and Garrett Gardner is out with the foot injury. So, doesn't be back. It looks like so. I have no clue. I guess probably if Nico Evans and Mike Green too could be healthy, they'll probably get the upper hand during um once fall camp going. But if they're going to get the majority of the reps, they're going to learn the offense better, be more comfortable. It's a new quarterback. It all helps you get the rookie. Like if you guys, if you guys talk to these hurts, it's, he'll be back to get some playing time or get in the mix. But if you're healthy and can show you can play, that's nothing down the road. If you might be third running back, you may not have been the third running back if you're buried seven or eight because everybody's healthy in front of you. It's like the old, uh, was like break People got hurt, he's outplayed them, have a combination of both. So if you can get seen in front of the coaches, that only does good things for you. And so that's. My big thing for spring is who's going to throw the ball and who's going to run the ball for them. So, yeah, and I mean it's going to be interesting to see like if one of those guys who is you know currently getting an opportunity if they can perform as spring practice comes to a close, you know maybe it just has the effect of making Craig Bull more receptive to running a committee. You know, doing more of like a Fresno State style running attack rather than a um, you know like a San Diego State running attack or something like that. Because if they have, you know, three guys at a minimum who can, you know, get in there and make an impact, you know, that's, you know, nothing to sniff at, you know, but they have to be able to find those guys and, you know, those guys have to be able to perform, which, you know, double-edged sword, if most of those guys are injured, what are you going to be able to do? Like, you're not going to be able to evaluate them at the moment. True. And one reason should be overstreet. He had 224 yards in his final two games. So, and like, the defense will be fine. I guess the big thing is that Nick Smith, he's going to be quarterback, or is it going to be some other dude out there flinging the ball? And I'm guessing, um, I don't know, wide receivers still battling injuries as well. They're trying to find out who's going to step up and who's not. But the guys last week, um, who is it, Okwali, they had um, C.J. Johnson. They had guys who were hurt last year. Like, who was it, the one guy who came back? He had, like, ended up getting a resistor tight end who every catch was a touchdown. Oh, shit, I'm spacing on his name. Well, you're talking about Austin Ford. Yeah. Is he still back, tight end? Yes, he Please is. Please be back. Yes, so I'm on a 100% touchdown ratio from him. Um, I'm just, I tried to space on the name there. The big thing, obviously, it's quarterback. It's going to be Vanderwall, Tyler Vanderwall or Nick Smith. Do you think they're going to make a decision before spring ends, or are they going to hold this out until at least a week in fall camp? Well, according to the Star Tribune, according to Brandon Foster, they are going to name a starter at the end of the spring period. Uh, I, must, I must not have read that far in this article I'm looking at. Interesting. Also, side note, 
they have a podcast, a Pokescast, Brandon Foster and some guy does preps. Go listen mm-hmm. to the most recent recent one. Make try to defend every bad take about Josh Allen. It's hilarious. Go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it today. It's like this only mention of Josh Allen because well, I mean, we'll get into that next week for draft stuff. But go to podcast. Go listen to it. It's a good. Uh, I mean, I think it's also it's also important to note that you know even though um, apparently Bull plans to name a starter, that according to Foster, that neither Vanderwall nor Smith have really run away with it. So True. you know maybe it, maybe it just helps to have you know this is our guy for now, and you know I wouldn't be surprised at all if the quarterback competition just keeps going into the fall. So you're saying it's a Mike Bobo situation, perhaps from a couple of years ago, something like that, yeah. So, Devon, um, we need to discuss everything real quick. You have like a Martin Rodgers thing. People are saying that, or is it just me? Wait, who's saying what now? Uh, uh, is that still a thing? People are still trying to hype that up. Or am I the only uh, one? Like, I mentioned as a joke. I haven't heard it lately. Let's put it that way. That's a good thing, right? We do not need to see that going forward. Um. I guess one of the big things, their spring game just wrapped up over the weekend. I guess one of the biggest names out there, because they're losing a couple wide receivers, Brandon Presley is doing pretty well. And apparently mm-hmm. with Rodgers, like, I think Rodgers, like, all joking aside, he showed great play capabilities, but also poor poor play. He'd have huge running games where he wrote 90 yards on the ground, like those huge 60-plus yard runs we see him do every now and then. If he could be – I know the receivers he had last year were really good, like guys on just uh, face on some names, but they had some really good players on their outside. Devontae Boyd, there we go. If they could get it's like I know he's a first time starter last year, couldn't quite get it done on a consistent basis. So maybe he just needed the full year of actually being the guy out in the field. Like he I'll say being hurt a little bit, those light games. He he was up and down, but you could see where he has the potential to get this team to bowl eligibility on a regular basis. Because mm-hmm. the Howard game was just weird. And the offense stalled a lot. Like, we saw them too many, not three and outs, but uh, field goal settling drive. So, if, like, if they get, like, Presley to be a good receiver, if they can get the running game going, who's back there running, the, getting the ball on the handoffs or pitches or end arounds or whatever they want to do with Tony Sanchez running the game, playing there, they're going to be good, but I think they'll be good. That's my thing about UNLV. They could score like we saw when they beat one. I mean, 69 points in overtime. But then they get lose to Howard or they – Settle for five field goals and lose to – wasn't it Fresno where they got all the field goals and losses past year? Or, no, they beat Fresno, didn't they? They beat Fresno State, yeah. That, that, sorry, that's what I was. Sorry, Matt. Sorry to bring that memory up. But they just – that's just my point. Inconsistent from last year. Howard to Fresno State. And so, if they need to find playmakers out there and consistent – I think consistency is what they want in confidence for Rodgers. Interesting to me is that you, you see a lot about, you know, the offense – in the strides that they've made, whether it's Brandon Presley, whether it's, you know, Charles Williams coming back. Um, yeah, and obviously I don't think he played it in the spring game, but, you know, those, you know, him, Lexington, Lexington Thomas, Thomas Xavier, he, Cam, Xavier Campbell, you know, if all three of those guys are healthy, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Rodgers. What's interesting to me is you're not hearing quite as much about the defense in their performance in this game, you know, other than the fact that Mike Romola, the Las Vegas Sun, noted that, you know, the defense did get pushed around a little bit. He, his words, you know, his, the defense wasn't able to gain much traction. And while, you know, Rodgers didn't play all that much, you know, Max Gilliam, who came in and he's currently competing to be the backup, although let's not forget that he says that he's going to be there to be the starter. 
So, um, but, you know, he was five of nine for 24 yards. You know, Kenyon Oblad was seven of 10 for 91 yards. Marco Grayson was three for three, 48 yards. So to me, you know, even if those guys further down the depth chart are having success, that to me puts the onus on a defense that, you know, needed a lot of work last year. And, you know, while they do have some pieces, I think, to be successful, you know, that is one of the big things that I'm keeping my eye on going into the fall is how well that defense comes together. Because they do lose Mike Hughes Jr. They do lose Jason Fowle. They lose Brian Keyes. You know, they lose Chauncey Sism. So, you know, there's some work to do on that side of the ball. If the offense was kind of ahead of the defense at this point, you know, I'm thinking about what's it going to take for, you know, at least the defense to pull even because there's a lot of talent on offense. I don't think anybody's arguing that, but you know, they're not going to get to a bowl. They're not going to challenge for a division title. They're not going to be a dark horse if they can't solve their issues on defense. All right. But also, you know, the match, the ball, the scoreless and showcase. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Um, they go scoreless. Uh, let me re- rephrase that again. Yeah, we're recording. Okay, that's not the hell you want, right? You want zero. You don't want zero points to go because they were terrible last year. They took a huge stack, coaching influx. Coordinating committee kind of going to a spread scheme, running the ball still. Um, I don't, I don't know what to make in New Mexico. We think they should run the ball a lot, but there's just going to come around the staff who can coach. I'm not, uh, I'm not on the Lobos bandwagon anymore. I'm going to hop off it. I mean, I think that. I mean, I don't necessarily want to write them all the way off, but you know, they're going to need an operator for that offense. And, you know, if what I have seen of their kind of their final spring game is any indication, they don't know who that is yet, you know, because we've seen, you know, you know, Tui for instance, and, you know, we know he has a, a little bit of talent throwing the ball, but, you know, what they need is a guy like, you know, Khalil Tate, because, you know, he came in for Arizona last year and basically blew up. Right. And, yeah. You know, that's what their their new coordinator, Calvin McGee, really wants is, you know, someone who can maybe keep the defenses honest with the arm, but guys, you know, someone who can run. And, you know, I'm not sure just off off of what I saw last year, whether Tuioti is that guy. And, you know, we didn't see a lot from Colton Gerhardt because he didn't, you know, he was out with an injury, so he didn't contribute to the scrimmage at all. Um, you know, Derek Martinez, I think he's a transfer um, you know, he played a little bit. He was, you know, he had a couple of big plays and, you know, but it seems like they had like four, like three different quarterbacks playing, you know, not only, you know, Martinez and Tuiati, but Bryson Carroll as well, who, we, you know, we made jokes last year. He was like the fifth string guy, but, you know, he's a part of this competition too. And, yes. you know, so even though they don't have a number one guy at this point, you know, I think it's going to take them some time to figure out who that is. And so I think that's kind of a wait and see situation rather than a kind of bailing out situation, if you're asking me. Well, I'm not necessarily bailing out, but I just, the running, like, there's hardly any mention of the 
somebody to have to hear me. I know they were more than they thrown in a long time, and it was wildly successful. But like, there's hardly scrolling through this as you're going over your thoughts here. There's hardly any mention of any running back on here at all. It's all quarterback. And running at a high level and one of the best in the country. There's like basically zero football at all. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> it's a, like the one running here, it's like the offensive on second down from one yard line. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's hardly any – which is – right? Well, they want to throw the ball, but not Rick Wright. Not you know, the running game, it's like – that's odd to me. An 80 my, – my concern there. So – but I don't know. McGee, he did decent things in Arizona. He put up a lot of points. Like quarterback like Colton Gerhardt, he came in the one game he played five quarterbacks. He actually showed some decent stuff. Wasn't it Tulsa, I believe it was, where they played so many – Pretty sure that's. Um, I think it was. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, and I can't remember. Like it's also one of those situations. Yeah, he's hurt, but he's going to be one of the front runners to start the job. Probably, if I'm going to get guess now, be Tuiati or Colton Garrett. I mean, I guess that would be my guess too. I wouldn't be overly thrilled if it were Tuiati. Um, and honestly, I haven't seen enough of, of Gerhardt to really make a judgment one way or the other. But you know, again, I think it's. Yo, they're probably going to need as much time as possible to figure this out. All right, let's move on to the Air Force. folks. Sorry about that. Or maybe not sorry. We're back. <laughs> so we're talking football. And we don't want Air Force for at least a month. Right? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I, I, I'm going to Brent Brick in the headline of spring football. Air Force football spring game notes. That fans of Chick Fil A can appreciate. I'm going because Chick Fil A is amazing. See that? That's that's a guy who who knows how to create like perfect clickbait. Exactly. The first hundred cadets at the spring game last week are treated to free Chick Fil A. My question was: playing or where there's option vice variety? I'm guessing just wiggle. I mean, I'm just hoping there's waffle fries. Yeah, they're so good. The breakfast is basically a Chick-fil-A thing on a bun, on a, on a bun, on a biscuit. Those are also very good. Let's move on to talk. People get mad at us for talking about food and ice football. Yeah, um, yeah. The quarterback, fake mummy, thank you. We're good. So, but Aaron Worthman didn't play in the last year. They had a he did play last year, sorry. They brought in um another quarterback late in the year. Um as a quarterback or they age. I mean, I think that, you know, if if what I understand of Air Force's scrimmage, they were mostly giving time to the backups, you know, Bo English and Donald Hammond. You know, English was a guy who came in, you know, with you know, a surprising amount of hype for, you know, someone who was getting recruited as an Air Force quarterback. And so, you know, if, as Brigham noted that he's making, you know, if he's making a few more plays in this competition, which in this case is uh, Donald Hammond, you know, even if he's not seeing the field all that much this year, like if it's, if it's worth then and it's Isaiah Sanders, 
I mean, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but, you know, with, you know, I don't want to call it turnover, but, you know, they have struggled with injury at some point at the quarterback position, you know, especially since, mm-hmm. you know, someone like Worthman took kind of, you know, took a beating last year because he was handling the ball so much. So, you know, to me, it's encouraging that, you know, if English is a guy who can be called upon, you know, if he's the next Isaiah Sanders where, you know, he comes in in a pinch and can take on a heavy workload, you know, all the better for the Falcons offense. But to me, what stands out is, you know, they're going to have to replace a lot of production on the ground because, you know, Tim McVeigh's not there anymore. Jacob Stafford's not there anymore. So if, to me, what stands out from the notes is the fact that the tailbacks that they're bringing in, you know, they had a little something, something going on in the field. You know, Cade Remsburg had, you know, a 60 yard run. Josh Stoner went for a couple of big plays. He scored, you know, just Joseph Saucier, who apparently is number one on the depth chart at, at the moment. You know, he had a lot of positive plays. You know, that's three guys right there where, you know, we know Air Force is, you know, obviously ground-based, obviously they rely on a bunch of guys to be able to contribute. But, you know, if they have at least one or two or three guys at the tailback position who can come in and contribute, you know, to me, I think that that's a hugely positive note for, for Falcons fans. Dave, it just depends on who. It'll yeah. be some thing. It's like, I don't it just depends if they're going to have like a one guy who like, um, It'll be mm-hmm. either you have one guy who brushes 150 every game or just a huge, nearly tri- averages triple digits. Averages over 100 a game. Then it'll be like four or five yards each. It'll either be yeah. something like that or it'll be like eight guys getting 65 yards each. Something like that. Six guys getting about 50 yards where it's such a balanced attack where they don't necessarily have a breakaway guy, but they all can get to judge average at least like they need guys to be able to take the pressure off of Worthman and you know one of the things I kept coming back to especially late in the year was the fact that he fumbled 15 times which for you know and even though he only lost seven of them which you know fumble luck you know 15 is just like a hugely unacceptable number and I think that's just a symptom of the fact that he carried the ball 200 times you know, if he's back down to 150 or something like that, and these new guys coming up are, show that they can shoulder the load, that's going to make Air Force you know, about as dangerous as they've been in the last several years. True. And I guess, I don't know, we don't go on defense too much. There's a couple of articles we put in here. If you want to bring them, bring them in the Gazette, there's some defensive stuff here, but we got to get longest podcast ever. That's not our super mega preview. <laughs> so, let's go to San Diego State. Apparently, I don't like to write about spring football. Sorry, guys, but yeah, I know, well, I know you've been busy. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. They didn't have a spring game. No, I just meant spring football in general. Sorry. As far as I can tell, they've, they've been writing about Gonzaga to the Mountain West for a month. <laughs> so, well, I mean, but... whatever, whatever drives the clicks, right? I mean, I can, I'm not blaming them. So here's the story again. If you read, not read, but here's why I'm going to start two, twofold. I'm going to write out, write about, or talk about for tonight, this afternoon, this morning. Read this three drive when you work at 5 a.m. Thank you. Podcast. The podcast ain't played nobody. Stephen Godfrey, who does great stuff 
for SB Nation, writes a ton of good things. So he, every now and then, will kind of go out to the program a couple days weekly and up to a game, like just to be behind the stuff, which is good, right? Most mm-hmm. days, if you're, he's done like Western Kentucky, I think he did Washington a couple years ago, he pitched an idea to say, hey, let me take you to the Michigan game a couple years ago. They'd be like, nah, we don't need any help. And he goes on, like, if you throw, like, like, nah, you're good. We don't need any. Like, why are you not down? Three articles football. Football. I know basketball is a big deal. The tournament. There are area where these people don't know who. Even though the Aztecs have won thirty plus games in a row, ten plus wins, potentially could have a thirty-two running back, which have never been done. Third would be unprecedented, and they turn down media opportunities. They don't write about football team. It's like, just like the team that legit top twenty program the past three years, and nobody knows about them. Right. Am I wrong to say that? No, nah, I mean, I think, I don't know. If you ask I mean, I think you I could see both sides of the argument. You know I mean, I think I could see both sides of the argument. But they don't defend them and people get mad at us about whatever, whatever comments and junk about the Aztecs the past couple of years. But they have jokes about the quarterback play, which might be better at. But outside like Bruce Feldman going to write a 300 word article and get some quotes on. Washington, like, well, they need to do a better job of this stuff. I'm just saying, like, their program, like, they have the, I believe they have the most wins out of any group of five team the past three years. Right. I think, let me look up, I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Yeah, the I believe I saw something where they're like, they're like the one of seven teams in the past three years to win 10 games each year, and they're the only one in the group of five. Probably. years ago, season two years ago. Or is it USF? Uh, I don't remember. For a while, I'm just like to go off a tangent or talk about like very All you need to know really about spring practice is Jawan Washington is starting back. They have three offensive linemen, lose a couple of guys on defense, and the quarterback Christian Chapman should be better than last year despite losing a couple of receivers. And Nick um Nick Bodden, who um, was back to a lot. Does that sum it up? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think what's what's been interesting. Well, I think what's been interesting about the the Aztecs, at least this spring, is that you know, yeah, they didn't have a spring game like you know pretty much every other team we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they've used the opportunity to build up their depth because you know, obviously, Juwan Washington's going to be the number one guy, and Chase Jasmine's probably going to be the number two guy. But neither of those guys really saw much action this spring. And so that allowed more opportunities for, you know, even younger guys like Kagan Williams and, and Chance Bell to, you know, make an impact. You know, and even if they don't see the field that much this year, you know, if they're getting in their reps now and they're, you know, productive, you know, that bodes well, I think, for, you know, maybe the next year or two to come. And, you know, the fact that, that they've at least settled, you know, the – the big holes that they have that are unique to them. Like for instance, who's going to replace Nick Bodden at fullback. It seems like they have an answer now in Isaac Lesser, which, you know, for a team that runs the ball between the tackles as much as San Diego state does, you know, having a big guy like that in the backfield, by the way, he's six foot three and 240 pounds, you know, and, and that would be like that would be no big deal to literally any other team in the conference but the Aztecs. So to be able to square that away, I think, is probably a good sign for them. 
And, you know, just being able to build depth in the secondary, being able to build depth along the defensive line, you know, get those guys reps and, you know, avoid further injury, I think is, you know, even if you're not necessarily showing it off for the public, you know, the fact that you are getting those kinds of results is, you know, more or less what Aztecs fans can ask for. Sure. I guess one, one big concern, like not to be a downer the whole time, but Ryan Agnew has been the system for a while. <laughs> that does raise an eyebrow. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't think that, you know, worst case scenario, Christian Chapman, you know, suffers some kind of significant injury or something like that. I don't know that there would be that much drop off to Agnew just because they don't ask the quarterback to do that much, except on rare occasions. But, you know, if he can't get separation from a freshman like Mark Salazar, maybe that is a little bit disconcerting. That, that's like my big thing. It's like the running back, they have backups, so it should be okay. They return the whole offensive line. They lose. Michael Walter's gone. Correct? He's no program anymore. He moved on. So mm-hmm. they, like they have, like, Union Tribune put up their kind of depth chart, which they, unofficial, obviously. They're yeah. just kind of mentioning a few, like, you guys, Fred Avalon Jr., the receiver. Um, who else we got here? Sorry. The start is weird. Um, <laughs> Put the it's like make more appealing to the eyes. Tim Wilson, the other receiver. Sorry, I'm. They have it. Are you looking at this? How awesome yeah, yeah. it is for offense? Like I see one wide receiver, two receivers. Back, so like, yeah, those receivers are. Obviously, they need to. Um, not the. Geez, I thought they'll use them a lot, but Chad matters. He can drive so that continues through spring. Get used to these guys. Tim throwing the Offense will be fine. Just teams are going to – I'm wondering, like, really, because we're going to have to this with Paul and a new running back in there in George Washington, at least relatively new for starter-wise. And also remember, he's only like a 7-1, so he may not get the same level of 10 feet, which is a big deal when you're not 6 feet to 10. But like, what do you think they're going to do defensively? Would they rather have the run because they know it's going to be good regardless because the past three to five years? Or Normal defense where there's seen or they'll take their chances either way because they continue to stop the run despite having a new running back and what the quarterback done the couple of years nothing special. I mean, to me, I wouldn't. I don't really see much reason to do anything more than business as usual. Yeah, because, you know, they may not have a guy in the backfield who stands six foot other than their new fullback. But, you know, if it's more of a committee than it has been, like if, if Juwan Washington's getting, I'm trying to look up how many carries Rashad Penny had last year while I'm talking. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let me look this up. Okay, so Rashad Penny had 289 carries last year. And before that, Danelle Pumphrey had 349, which oh. is kind of, that's that's wild now that I think about it. So, you know, and and I'm trying to look this up on the fly to see what it looks like, you know, because, you know, last year it was, you know, 289 for Penny, 127 for Washington. The year before that, it was 349 for Pumphrey and 136 for Penny. And then back in 2015, when it was Pumphrey and Chase Price, it was 309 and 190. But, you know, the further you go back, the more you start to see that, you know, you know, if they could get a little bit more out of the quarterback situation that they were willing to kind of 
you know, 60, 40, the carries between their two running backs. And I'm looking most prominently at like the, you know, 2012 to 2014 when, or rather 2012 and 2013, when it was, you know, Adam Moima was the lead back and he was working with Walter Casey and Donnell Pumphrey. So, you know, I think that best case scenario, you know, to avoid too much wear and tear on one guy or another you know, if if Washington's the lead guy that, you know, he's going to be getting those 200 carries, but he's probably not cracking like 300 or anything like that anytime soon. I would think that that's the plan in the long run. That makes sense. I think they whoever the I think they have enough talent at running back where they don't need to, too, where, you know, they can, you know, give it to two or three guys who can get them like five or six or you know, provide them the home run that's been so essential to their offense in the last couple or, of years. I guess maybe a better chance look at 2015. Like 55 carries. Maybe something like that where maybe not necessarily the number of guys. I guess it's 60 on that year. What am I looking at? 2015? or 2016, sorry. Wrong year. Where they had Pumphrey, Penny, because Penny still had, let me, you mentioned a second ago about the 46 in Washington had about 60. I give you a bad 90 40, but just something, so something where the three guy combined for 200 case. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Whether it be 136 for Penny and 60 for the guy, be, like I could fix 100 each, but I think they still need a number two guy. I don't think you want to mess around and have like a, your number two and three guy. Unless, even Washington that year, he still had six touchdowns on 65 mm-hmm. back in 2016. Maybe something like that where. You still want a clear number one, obviously. It's Washington. Number three, who, obviously, I'm not saying 2A, 2B, but one number two for reps because you don't want to mess around on the backup or a third string in there. You're not sure who that guy is. But you still want your third guy to guy as the main backup. But the third guy, you can bring him in without having too much to drop off, but you're still a little but he's not confident to be your main number two guy. That kind of thing, the order you need, which is almost for every team, but Aztecs more specifically because the way they run their offense. Yeah, I mean, even if they're not ripping off like so many fifty and sixty yard runs that they've that they've had in the last couple of years with um, with Rashad Penny, you know, even if they're getting you know maybe a touch more ten and twenty yard runs, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining about that. All right, we need to wrap it up. We're, we're running up ninety minutes, Matt. This is very long because we haven't talked in a while. So we've been airing out off our first. Every. We've we've had a lot of catching up to do, and we wanted to make sure to talk about every team because there's sometimes we don't talk about every team, but this is going for because I got about two minutes before BTR kicks us off next week. Mississippi will record on Sunday, maybe Wednesday once we do our big early previews. But here's a couple ideas I have in the bank. Well, everybody, everybody next week we're gonna talk to a guy from the NFL Draft to our website to talk NFL Draft next week. I assume the week for, do you want to do an NFL show post draft, Matt? Does that sound good for you? Do you care? Yeah, it sounds good to me. Uh, podcast week after. I mean, stuff like the last year, talking with individual teams, maybe, and not whole that, but after that, I look at the calendar shows, Matt. I think we need to do a road trip show again. We need I to totally do agree. A, uh, maybe the best non conference teams coming up, and maybe conference as well. We, you did a while ago. But also, we need to do an update on uh, how to watch mountain football if you don't have cable or satellite. 
Definitely, especially since there's an intriguing new survey going around. Um, thank you to our one. I, many of you probably received it from. So it went up to every school. I, I believe it's if you're our guy Jesse sent it to for a generic one, but I guess it's alumni. We'll discuss that as well to make that how to watch a bit interesting. They have some odd, not odd questions, very specific questions about do you care what time or tip time for hoops or football. So we'll go yes. through all that. And I know ESPN Plus is a thing, which may or may not impact the Mountain West. Really quick, Matt, are you going to sign up for your Um, Knowing myself, probably yes. I'm doing it because that's where the backlog of ESPN 30 for 30s are at. So I need to mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I might have to do that then. <laughs> and quick side note, if you, have, if you have Android, sign up on your phone, get 30-day, and leave your desktop. So it's Sounds good. But that's all I got for today. Um, videos from Fresno Spring Game. Thank you for that, Matt, for heading out there to take about a half dozen videos. Thank you. Thank you to the family and friends of Juju Hughes, by the way. They've really been driving traffic over there. So anybody checks us out, uh, we're going to go weekly from now on. Maybe a few bonus shows there, but iTunes, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, anywhere you can find your podcast, purchase, or get it for obviously very free. But, again, thank you for joining us. And as a, I guess I got my 10-second countdown. All right, folks, we're out of here. See you next time.